friends, would you pray with me? Oh God, by your spirit, tell us what we need to hear and show us what we ought to do to obey Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Our first reading is the 131th Psalm. Listen to these words as the psalmist takes comfort in the hope they find in the Lord. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. My soul is like the weaned child that is with me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time on and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
friends, our second lesson is from the fifth chapter of Mark's gospel, verses 21 to 24, and picking up again with 35 through 43. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So Jesus went with him, and a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. While Jesus was speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. Jesus allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue and he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years old. At this they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we gather this day not to hear a human word, but to hear your words of love and grace spoken into our lives. And so we pray that your Holy Spirit would come. Take the words of this sermon and make them only of you. May everything human fall away that we may hear you this day. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. My good friend David is a pastor in Memphis, Tennessee, and a couple of weeks ago he was asked to be part of a faith forum where he spoke on behalf of the Christian tradition. There was also at this forum a Jewish rabbi and a Muslim iman, and these three faith leaders talked about the differences in their different faiths. And a question came up, what motivates you as a person of faith? Why are you a person of faith? What is the motivation? And so each person took a turn answering. The Jewish rabbi said, our motivation for faith is that we believe it makes a difference in our everyday lives. We really aren't people who worry about what happens after death or resurrection. We focus on the difference that being a Jew can make in our day-to-day lives. Then the Muslim Iman spoke, and said, we are a people who are motivated by what will happen after we die. I can't even imagine being a Muslim unless it was because I was concerned about what will happen in the afterlife. 
And then my friend spoke, and he said, as Christians, we believe both. We believe that being a follower of Jesus Christ has an impact and makes a difference in our day-to-day lives, and we believe in resurrection, that there is new life after death. We believe both things. And in our story today about Jairus and his little daughter, we see both of these ideas played out. Now, first we have Jairus, who we are told is a leader of the synagogue. And he comes to Jesus. And I don't know how to stress to you enough how strange it would have been for Jairus to come to Jesus at all. Jairus is a leader in the synagogue. And if you will remember, Jesus has had run-in after run-in with religious authorities. He's not appreciated by the leaders of the synagogue. Not only that, but there's concern among the religious leaders that if the Roman Empire catches on to this rabble-rouser Jesus, that all Jews might be punished. And so as a leader of the synagogue, Jairus would have stayed far away from the person of Jesus Christ. But he doesn't. He comes and kneels down at his feet and asks for help because his daughter is dying. This is, I imagine, the darkest, most difficult time in Jairus' life. And he is just desperate enough to come and fall at the feet of Jesus. Now this comes to us from Mark's Gospel, yes? And we have been learning in these first five chapters about who Jesus is and what power he has. We've heard the story of Jesus in the boat with the disciples, and there's a strong windstorm, and Jesus quiets the wind. And the disciples say, who is this that even has power over the wind? We learn that Jesus has power over the created world. Last week, we talked about the story of the man in Gerasene who had a legion of demons inside of him, and Jesus comes and casts them out. We know that Jesus has power over evil, that evil will never triumph because of who Jesus Christ is. And right before our story today, actually right in the middle of it, is the story that Brett told in the children's time. The woman who had been hemorrhaging for years, and she knows that if she can just touch Jesus' cloak, she will be made well. We learn that Jesus has power over disease and illness too. And so now we have a child who is dying and we have to wonder, does Jesus have power over death? The story goes on to say that Jesus and Jairus and the three disciples, they start moving to the house of the little girl and people come out and say, she's dead. She's dead. Don't bother Jesus anymore. And I imagine in that moment that Jairus probably died a little death himself. And Jesus looks at Jairus and says, do not fear, only believe. And it is that belief in who Jesus is that enables Jairus to put one foot in front of the other and make it to his home. And it is that belief in Jesus that says to us in our darkest time, in our deepest difficulty, do not fear, only believe, and you will be able to put one foot in front of the other too. So then we have this 
gorgeous scene where Jesus comes and raises the little girl with the words Talitha kum, which is his native Aramaic. And some translations translate that as little girl, it's time to get up. To this dead child, he says, little girl, it is time to get up. And we know that resurrection happens after death because of who Jesus Christ is and what he can do in the world. Now, my friend David was right. As Christians, we do believe in both. We believe in what this faith can give to our everyday lives, and we believe in resurrection after death, too. But I don't know about you, I'm more comfortable talking about one than the other. I am more comfortable as a person who grew up not in a church, who came to faith as an adult. I can tell you exactly what an impact believing in Jesus Christ has made for me. In believing in my belovedness as a child of God, I am more loving. In believing in the justice of God, I am a little more just. And in trying to live out God's will, I am a better person than I was before. That's a conversation I know. But we rarely talk about resurrection after death unless it's at a funeral service, do we? That service, a funeral service, is actually called a service of witness to the resurrection. When we gather to bury someone, we are witnesses that we believe in resurrection. And it's often harder to talk about that because it's a mystery, because it is not something we can understand, because all of our rational mind tells us it isn't possible, but it is biblical. And it is in the words and person of Jesus Christ. And so I invite you to hope with me in the resurrection after death. I believe in the life everlasting, as the Apostles' Creed says. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what it will be like. But I do believe that each of us, after we die will have the person of Jesus come to us. And I like to imagine that he says, my beloved child, it's time to get up. And in the getting up, in the resurrection, we are healed from all that plagues us and all that separates us from God. So whether you are more comfortable talking about the day-to-day -day impact faith has on you, or whether you're comfortable talking about the life everla everlasting, both are true and both give us hope. We've been talking about what the kingdom of heaven is like. This is it, my friends. The kingdom of heaven tells us to do not fear and only believe, and we are able to move through difficulty and pain one step at a time. And the kingdom of heaven is a place where Jesus says to us, my little child, it's time to get up. Let us live into the hope that the kingdom brings. Thanks be to God and amen.